Barrel. Just for you, Nick. I, yes, uh, I, I followed yes. Hemingway and I slit my wrist and blood on paper for uh, Nick's mission or Jason's mission 22 uh, request of, of writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, That's that good, though, right? I'm sure my therapist will call it something. I don't know if she'll call it good. Uh, if it's all good. I did all the uh, on the uh, the uh, Galaxy's Edge podcast tonight. Uh, to kind of start things off, um, I told uh, I told the story about my friend Keith. So um, uh, we, all of us, like six of us, while we were in high school, enlisted in the army. Um, we didn't all go to the same place though. And my friend Keith, you know, had a pretty good career. Came out as a sergeant first class. You know, he had uh, um, he's got uh, like a twenty year old daughter, twenty two, twenty three year old. Anyway. Um, but, uh, he passed away last year due to suicide and I mean, he, he came out, I mean, he had a, he had a good job, you know, things were, things on the outside looked good, but man, on the inside, it was just, I guess it was, it was too much to handle cause he, you know, he went the other way with it. Yeah. Well, that's good. That but, is good. I think that's good to tell, to tell that and to share that with people and. You know, and Jr. You too, writing. I have a motto: Don't keep the darkness inside. Share it with everybody. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true. You know, somebody might have somebody might have a uh, a flashlight you can use to you know keep the darkness at bay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, like uh, I remember when I was in, I we had a guy that just uh, walked into the chaplain's office and just killed himself right on the spot. Oh, after, uh, that's brutal. Uh, after uh, Desert Storm season, Desert Storm season one, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I, I had no like we we could never figure out why he did it because it wasn't like he did anything, but it, it's just some people you know it just gets in their hard drive or I think there were uh, I think a lot of time there there are other pressures besides the military stuff and then. You know, I don't know. You know, what I know is jack shit. But here's what I do know. You shouldn't kill yourself because uh, you'll probably get past it. And life is pretty great. And here's the best way to kill yourself. If you're going to kill yourself, eat a ton of hot dogs. Like, <laughs> don't just, like, ruin everybody's day. But become set, like, have oh fun God. eating a bunch of hot dogs right you know become like just like get on a like a two to three hot dog a day diet and i love hot dogs but like just become fat and obese and die of a heart attack and and then like you committed suicide that's what you wanted to do and and everybody doesn't feel like it's suicide they're like well gene wasn't living too good <laughs> you know like did you have to go over and wash him with a rag on the stick oh did I, you know, and like if you, if you stick to the three hot dog a day diet for a couple of years, everybody will want you to die. <laughs> All right. And on that happy note. <laughs> Don't just do it with a gun, you know, or a rope, you know, commit and eat a bunch of hot dogs. No, I'm just, I, I'm making Oscar Meyer hot dogs though. You know, if um, you're going to have a sponsor, when I used to go out and drink a lot. I would uh, I would clean it all up at the end of the night with two Oscar Mayer cold hot dogs, in wrapped in white bread, and then a can of Diet Coke and two aspirin. And, and yeah, and that was like yeah. That sounds like heaven but, right there. I know, but I just found a new hot dog place near me, and I literally like all I, you know because I do CrossFit and I I 
drink bone broth and try to be really healthy. But now all I do is sit around lusting after these hot dogs. But <laughs> I can't go to it because it's a really dangerous part of town. And I had Doc Spears with me, who's a killer. So we went into this like military museum and checked stuff out. And he's like, you want to get some lunch? And I'm all, I sure do. He's like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, the most dangerous part of town. <laughs> <laughs> but I have Nicole with me normally, so she's no good. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've, I've heard people do some per- pretty powerful things with their with their opera shouts. Yeah. So, no. so maybe she distracts them while you club them on the back of the head. She just she just did her CCW, but I'm still like, I still have to like fix jams for her. You know, like I don't know how she got through the qualification, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, um, no, I mean, like you have to remember in LA, it's heads up ball. Like it's it's. I mean, I think a lot of cities are dangerous but la is particularly like there are certain neighborhoods that you should not go to unless you have business there and this this one's on the borderline of it and and so but the hot dogs are fantastic Mm. so (laughs) yeah i gotta weigh all that out you know and then waltz told me about gaggers (laughs) oh my god they're so good so i'm just saying you know if you if you really want to kill yourself psych everybody out like be really clever don't just do it tonight start eating hot dogs and look you'll have a lot of fun doing it because hot dogs are great oh my god I, I you know if i really am feeling like you know kind of bummed uh, yeah. uh and there's this little little section of like the uh it's uh <laughs> dear lord the jingle captain kogosha says <laughs> he's like <laughs> he, he's like what did i walk into um but it, um there's this little section uh in between uh the city of providence and the city where i live in it's called oneville and it's kind of like uh very industrialized you know kind of kind of it can be a rough neighborhood if you don't know where you're going yeah. but they have these these hot dog places down there where they have hot weenies which is kind of like coney island hot dogs and they're just oh. Oh, they're magic. They're magic. Do you, yeah, have, uh, the, I, you had to start mo- this right when I reset my fast. <laughs> the most dangerous the most dangerous parts of town are usually where you get good food. Now do you have um do you have Spike's junkyard dogs where you are? I don't no, I've not heard of that. So um a couple of God, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um and they started in like little cities that, that had like big college uh, yeah. big college towns and what they did was they said look you come in here and you set the record for the most hot dogs you can eat you eat for yeah. free right yeah. but oh. but here's what they did they they did um they didn't just give you like a regular hot dog on a on a like a little bun it was an all beef like giant hot dog on yeah. half of a french bread roll oh wow and this typical one was mustard, a, a pickle spear, um, pepperoncini, little peppers, and two tomatoes. And there were Ooh. dudes who were eating like nine or ten of those. And I'm like, <laughs> so I get back. What's that? Were they Samoan? I don't know. But like, I got back. And I'm not a big dude. I'm only 5'5", five five, right? But, I mean, I, I, I still look like I work out even though I'm in my 50s. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like. Uh, you know, I walk in there about 15, 20 years ago. I had just gotten back from active duty and I was getting ready to hop over to the Philippines. And I knew I wasn't going to have anything like this for a while. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is a neat idea for a hot dog place. And the guy was like, oh, if you, uh, 
If yeah, Captain Kogosha, a midget. Yes, I am. Yep. I, yep. I am. I have been lovingly described as a vorpal midget, and don't you forget it. So I said, I said, well, so what's the deal on this? And he's like, oh, you you beat the current champion. You eat for free. And I look up, and the the, the record was eleven. And I'm like, uh, all right, I'll give it a try. He goes, well, if here's the thing: if you don't eat, if you don't eat them and beat the champion, you got to pay for them. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that's not a problem. I, I got you. So I ate 14 of them. 14? Wow. And he's just sitting there and he's like, I've never seen anybody eat so much or so fast. And I said, uh, yeah, I said, I went to, um, I went to uh, um, uh, like a college course that had uh, uh, very unique dietary restrictions. So uh-huh. this is, I said, I can unhinge my jaw and, and put your whole leg in there if I needed to. Wow. And he starts laughing. He goes, "God, what, what, what school was this?" I'm like, "United States Ranger Army school. Ranger School." Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh no, uh, it's infamous oh. for starving people. Oh my yeah. God! All right, well, the I... show is the show is rolling. Uh, Walt, what are you drawing tonight? Tonight, um, I, now I found this awesome standard that kind of represents the core group. Yeah, uh-huh. it was. It was and, just and, grand. And everybody was like, wow, that's good. But, you know, you could use a little tweak there, a little tweak there. So oh everybody was like, just draw the damn thing. So I'm drawing the damn thing. Cool. Way cool. Draw, drawing the damn thing. So we didn't fight orcs today, Jim. We fought orogars. Orogs. Orogs. Yeah, ex- exactly, yes. The brother and to we- orcs. And now, how are they? The, what is the history of orogs? Can I, how do you spell that? It's O R O G. And yeah. when I looked these up, I was because I hadn't seen these like ever, and I'm like, "What is an orog?" I looked it up. It's I'm not, like, it's "Not in the monster manual." I know. No, that. no. All right. So, an orog is the progeny of a male, a very ambitious male orc, going after a female ogre. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, yeah. So there, there has there got go. to be some goblins. <laughs> you promised me ogres. Oh my god, he just killed me, so Captain Kogosha. <laughs> All of a sudden I hear this sound bite, Goblins, you promised me ogres. <laughs> you you promised me to so I could hear some of those puppies. I will let you hear some of those puppies in just a minute. All right, very so good. I, I, I figure I'll get this drawing out of the way and then we'll uh, we'll multitask. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And so how did orogs come about in the world? Okay, of that's D&D? that's an excellent question. What happened was you guys went down there and cleaned up on the orcs who were guarding those stairs and not wanting anything to pass. And so the the orc chieftains got a hold of the orog chieftains and said, hey, there's bigger stuff coming down these stairs. Help me guard it. And so they sent a crack group of 20 of the best orog fighters to guard it. And again, you guys just happened to go down when they were sleeping, and they're too dumb to set up a guard while they're sleeping. And so you, you've, you've easily defeated those. And so now the orc chieftains and the orog chieftains are scratching their heads saying, okay, they cream those guys. What can we do now to protect those stairs? And they, of course, have come up with an excellent plan. Well, why do they have to protect the stairs? Well, because they don't want people invading their level. Wow. Do they have some good stuff? 
Oh, man, they got some great stuff. You know, Captain Kilgosha has a really interesting point. Uh-oh. He says, if all these creatures are in the dungeon, who's feeding them? <laughs> Other creatures, of course. <laughs> Robillard. They <sighs> they ate the, the orogs, and the orcs ate very well after that last battle. I bet. I'm going to have to have a stern talking to with my men at arms for letting the uh, the horses die. Oh, yeah, right. That you can you can stop a gigantic female cyclops from getting anything it wants. You just shoot it in the foot. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. You guys are all, I, I think those boys are all one hit point boys, aren't they? They're, they're men at arms. Yeah, okay. They're men so, with arms. We're good. So one hit point boys, so that cyclops could kill eight or nine at a time. Well, that depends if they're just standing there and letting the thing whap at it. No, no, no. They're, they're, that Cyclops is just bad news, and naturally your boys didn't want to face the bad news. Hey, that's a really nice hat you got there, Walt. Thank you. This is a an official Galaxy's Edge baseball cap. Who do you have to kill to get something like that? Why, James, Jason. I'm glad you asked. If you go to galaxiesedge.us uh-huh, uh-huh. and Visit the night market, aka the store. Uh, uh-huh. It's right there. You can find one right there. Is is there any uh, apparel there? Why, James? I'm glad you asked. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is apparel. They are very nice polo shirts uh, with the Legion crest on them. I and love me some polo shirts. They have a KTF workout shirt, which I just so happen to be wearing under my sweatshirt. Uh-huh. They have uh, oh my god, there's so much good stuff in there. You Nicole just on. modeled the uh, the the Wildman T-shirt. For, Come on, uh, she did really. Yeah. Are you telling me there's a picture of Nicole on a T-shirt at your store? Uh, I don't know if it's at the store. <laughs> it's um, on the it's it, on the main page as a slideshow. Okay. I'll yeah, go. it's on the main. Yeah, yeah, it's there. And, cool. Uh, I can't wait. And, uh, how did you guys come up? Uh, where where does someone find Orogs? Is it Monster Manual Two? It's it- uh, uh, that's a that's a very good question, my excellent friend. And I will show you where I got it, where I get all my monsters right now. There it is. Okay, that's it. That's our one. This little puppy. Oh yes, I remember that one. Second yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah, this is the one I get all my stuff out of. On purpose, except for the stuff I make myself, which uh, which is way cool, of course, and necessary. There's no little little raptors in the monster manual. I made those up myself. Are there? Is there a monster that you made in the monster manual that you're particularly proud of? Ooh, that's an that's an excellent question. You know, I don't think so. I I I actually I was the boss then, the biggest biggest boss when they were making this thing, and uh-huh. I actually stayed away from interjecting my thoughts and desires into this stuff um yeah no I, there's nothing in were here. you guys still playing were you guys like still playing D at that time oh yeah Did we played play? for 20 years all, all the time i was at tsr we played D a lot and we bastardized the rules a lot um they call had, that homebrew yeah okay because that's how you D. <laughs> oh boy so was playing D&D part of the job? No. Well, okay. That's an excellent question, my good friend. So I'm, I'm the director of uh, production, doing really good getting, this, getting the product back on schedule. We were six months late when I started, and we were three months early when I became the vice president of production. And I said to myself, 
my little mushrooms, my editors and designers, are not getting out enough and seeing the competition. So what I did was Thursday afternoon became game afternoon, and they all had to play AD&D or, because Zeb was playtesting AD&D, or they had to play some other company's role-playing game every Thursday afternoon. No one got out of it. I didn't care what their deadlines were. It, it didn't matter to me. The editors and designers had to play. And this, this of course, infuriated my corporate masters who thought that was a waste of time. But unfortunately for them, they never went upstairs. So mm -hmm. they didn't know that I still let them do it. So uh, what? When, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and uh, when uh, you went. <laughs> <laughs> go go, go ahead, Nick. No, Rothman, I defer to you, please. Okay. So, so uh, what drove the uh, the changes? Let's say when you were in, you know, one, you know, one E versus two E. Like, what, yeah. what, what drove the changes that ended up being the next version of whatever TSR was? Okay, for? that's a, that's a great question, Michael. Great question. So here's the deal. First edition came out, and it it had college level higher than college level vocabulary. Too many big words, not enough explanation of anything. Gary Gary wrote that whole book, and well, he was he was a game genius, but he he didn't write the book to appeal to um, the, the, the masses, the teenagers, and the college kids. He he was he he was writing highfalutin. So we, we noticed that instantly in the mail that we got because I read every single bit of mail that TSR got from consumers and their biggest complaint was that they didn't understand half the words in the book. <laughs> so when we went, we, when we picked Zeb to be our, our designer for second edition, the, the biggest caveat for him was that it had to be eighth or ninth grade reading level, which, which wasn't a problem for him. He's a very smart boy. And then he, he immediately went to Dragon Magazine and started asking questions of the consumers of what they wanted and didn't want. And I pretty much only insisted that we do didn't do assassins anymore, which, oh my goodness, I bet we got over a hundred letters in irritation in Dragon Magazine for me getting rid of assassins. But that you didn't you didn't role play. The, the assassin that Gary made, you didn't role play. He rolled percentile dice to see if he killed his target. I, I didn't think that was useful to our, our game. So I made them stop didn't it. Did anyone play a um, a uh, an assassin in your in your home game that you guys were playing for twenty years? I, I never let them play it, and Gary didn't like them, so he didn't let them play it either. Why did you guys make them then? Well, okay, and again, so Gary's sitting in his office in his house making D and D and A D and D. He got no input from anybody on those two games. And so he went through the list of things and he knew that eventually he would be putting out an oriental book that would have ninja assassins. Right. So in, in, in planning ahead for that, he designed the assassin character that he thought would be lots of fun. Plus he made a different way for that character to fight and kill creatures, to kill people. Um, with that percentile die roll, which you know, I, I didn't like at all. So after a while, Gary didn't like it either. None, none of his players ever played an assassin. I see. So so we can't play assassins is what you're saying. That's exactly right. You know why that is, Nick? Because you said so? 
No, because <laughs> you said so. Jim, I want a Gary Gygax type of game. So that's exactly what you're getting. I see. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense to me. Now, moving on to uh, we met a beholder today. No, wait. Let's see if what my, Michael, did you have a question, yeah. my good friend? No, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I did it. it. I asked oh, okay, it. very good. Very good. Yeah. So what about yeah. the beholder today? So how did the beholder come about as a monster? Oh, excellent question. Great big little bit of controversy about that. Um, there was Coons boys and those Coons boys lived by Gary's house and they played a lot of AD&D and D&D. But um, one of the Coons boys uh, was really into Chinese literature. And you remember uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Yes. Okay, and in that movie, there's there's a, a floating creature that has a bunch of eye stalks. Right. And so he would th he thought it would be fun to turn that into a floating creature, and every single eye stalk was a power, and, and that got became a creature. And Gary loved that creature, and that became a creature in the Greyhawk um, supplement. Um, and Terry Coons didn't get any money for it, and that irritated the hell out of him. <laughs> But, you know, well, copyrights yeah. didn't mean a thing to Gary. That's why he did the Barsoom book. And that's why he did uh, the, the Hobbit stuff. <laughs> he, he didn't care. Yeah. But well, now somebody, cared because, so somebody cared because Cthulhu disappeared off of uh, version one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, these are things that make Jim mad. Yeah, a, don't press that ugly button there, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. So Captain Kilgosha says somebody should play a drow necromancer. Oh, that's an idea. Yeah. So so we'll have to get one of our strong arm one of our guests in the future. <laughs> really? Where where do you find the necromancer character? I've I don't know that part yet. I'm still learning. Oh, I think you should really study first edition and second edition, and you'll see a necromancer nothing. Yes. Not true. There. Necromancer is an existing character class in second edition. Okay, I thought it was, I didn't think it was a character class. I thought it was, there was necromantic spells. Right, but uh, that's still, it's still a class of sorcerers. So there are eight specialist sorcerers. There's mage as the primary class, MU, and then all the rest are specialists. And it's Okay, you'll have to give me the, give me, uh, I'll, I'll look it up myself. In the, what, 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 wasn't it an aspect of cleric? spells i mean you know the yeah, i was gonna say system. if you wanted to make a first edition necromancer why wouldn't you just make a cl evil cleric right right yeah there we go except there isn't there wasn't in the first edition in second edition there was lots of necromantic spells but in first edition i don't think there was a lot of them i mean you can animate um, that you can do stuff like that and the schools of magic reference that you're looking for jim is page 31 I think in the player's handbook yes second edition. Right. I, I will look that up then uh Tomorrow Each morning. of the schools allows the thing that's really great about taking a specialist necromancer, alterationist, or whatever is they get one extra spell per level, which makes that, them very powerful in the early levels. That is very nice. Plus, if you got that that very nice eighteen intelligence, you get extra spells too. You get you get a little bit of a buffer, and uh, well, I don't know that you get extra spells with high NT. You get higher percent, uh, low lower failure, and higher percentage that you can uh, have for your maximum list. The only high wisdom gives you extra spells, but high intelligence never gave you extra spells. Really? I thought it gave you one one for no. every level increase. Wouldn't that be nice? No. Okay. Very good. 
I was thinking I might like to make a, a, a samurai or a Ronin character from uh, OA, and that would be my next character. That'd be a fine idea. You guys need some. You guys need some sub flunkies. So yeah. what happened Is to it, the uh, to the barbarian and the Viking or the dwarf that I had in uh, the first Crimson Hawk? Are they still in the other dimension? Of course, they're in the other dimension, looking for you. Well, but they also, as you said or indicated, they could exist here too. They could, but not as as your flunkies. Right, but you could go get them. You could say you yeah, could you could look around and find them. You could go to their haunts that match um, that Crimson Hawk City, which I think is a great idea because you need some city adventure experience. We like the dungeon. Okay. <laughs> so, so did you get a chance to look at the uh, the map I sent you, Nick? Um, I have not. I was uh, getting a Thai massage. <laughs> Jim, Jim, the monsters are up, and uh, everything is uh, set on the event sheet as well, event 14. You but know, I'm afraid to go to AOL and look at it, so got it. And I'll send it all to you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Considering that you have an AOL account, I'd be afraid to. Yeah, so yeah, uh, Captain Kilgosha says that they should arrive as part of another party, and we should encounter them in the dungeon and have to fight them. <laughs> I'm happy to say they're... There are several groups like that already in the dungeon, ready, ready to be met. But no one's doing as good as us, right? Uh, uh, there's a couple that are doing far better than you. Uh-oh. Heresy. Because they, they? they have genie rings. So, <laughs> so, so is there a supply line that we could attack in this, um, in this underground well uh, at the underneath of Wells End Castle? You know, you have so much exploring to do on that level. It's it's a gigantic level, and uh, and the stairs up and stairs down, and and you'll be horrified at what's on those levels. Um, you just have a lot of exploring to do. You said that you spent when that we said when we said that we were going to occupy, we were going to try to fortify the well. You said you spent ten years on the well. I spent yeah, I did spend ten years going down Gary's well. Yes. But we, we map different from you guys. We we work very hard at mapping every single room and every single corridor um, in the dungeon. What do you mean? How what 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 are we not doing? You you're you're leaving spaces. You're leaving areas that you don't look in. Uh as in uh, like so when we look at the map today, yes, there are areas we haven't gone to. Which we intend to go to. Well, so like for example, um, by the the statue of Anubis, there's there's four different corridors, and you've only gone down one of them. That would that would never do when I was dungeon playing. Was dungeon? I'm sorry. What was that? No, you echoed on your own. It was okay. Oh, that was weird. Okay, so we still so, well, we've got some so, exploring so to do. We just round we ran out of time. That's all. See, that's the fun part uh, for me. Um, I love mapping just like Andrew does. And getting a complete map of one of Gary's levels, it was like winning the Emmy. It's like a good solid spreadsheet is what you're saying. Oh yeah, it was just it was grand stuff. Yeah, and look we, at all those look at all those corridors you haven't gone down yet. And we sealed well, off the twenty by thirty. We we wanted to deal with the beholder and kind of assess what that situation was. Yeah, okay, so let's let's fight the at yeah, you did indeed. Have, it's your butt kicked. Yeah. How does it feel to have two less constitution points there, Prometheus? It's not good. And you already took one dex point from me. We can, I know. We can so did you, you did you subtract? You keep saying, 
Did you subtract I all did. the hit points? Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of you. This character is barely alive now. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so Nick, can't what I we just need go to into find... Crimson Hawk and buy a restoration? No, no, you. Oh, let me think about that. Maybe I'm wrong about that. So you Nick, could, what... In the old days, we would go to the Black Wizard's Tower and and trade him like wondrous things, and and he would restore our ability scores. That sounds like so a we'll, plan. So we just got to go to the White Wizard. Yeah, well, maybe the White Wizard works things a little bit differently. <laughs> so what, what Chromethius needs to do is find a god that's equally as crazy and chaotic as him. He's, he is not interested in gods at all. Can't you tell? I know. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here. Someone, And then you could just be secretly plotting against your god to kill him and take over. <laughs> but in the meantime... Maybe he could hook you up with a little so, bit of, I don't know, I, I restoration? Just want you to, I just want you to know, just like Gary did, on the first level of, of the Drow Tower and the first level of the Gnome Tower, there are some very nice statues that will give you um, solid ability scores. Speaking of castles, we found the wish, the genie ring, in that, uh, in that t with the dwarf guy. Was that actually in hell or was that on the way out? Because could we go back there? You can go back there anytime you want. It's in the basement of the Red Dragon Inn. So, Nick, how badly do you want a genie ring? Really badly. Are you, are you willing to risk going back to hell? <laughs> <laughs> there was also a ring of regeneration in there, too. Yeah, but you wasn't know. it slow? <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. Um, so, Walt, you'll be running next Friday. What have you cooked up? I know. Oh. That's terrifying. Uh, um, have you opened up the treasure box? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, when I used to run D&D, &D, uh, uh, I, I, would, I would punish my players. I mean, Monty Hall. Yeah, no, terrific. No, not, so, not. Are we are we only going to get one plus one sword in the whole adventure there? No, nah, it wasn't always. I, I really I really enjoy stuff like legends and and uh, like stories like uh, uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. It, uh -huh, just uh -huh. just getting like you have a plus one sword. You know, if if a person uh, in my games had a plus one sword, it's because they. They, uh, they they spent tons of time getting a lot of money, and they went to a craftsman who was an expert, and they had to wait six months, which would be <laughs> like, you know, X amount of whatever game sessions, uh, yeah. to get like a really quality weapon. That would be a, that would be a plus one. Sounds but, wonderful. But like a, uh, like something, uh, like, like Prometheus's sword, right? Prometheus's sword. Yeah. That, that has personality, you know, when, and, you know, you, you hear... Mm -hmm. You hear stuff like in the uh, in the chat where it's like, "Oh shit, look out! Here comes Karen," you know. But I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it's it's a sword that is easily identifiable. The second somebody says fever has been unsheathed, you know, crazy stuff is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you do. That's very good. And you know, if Jason ever plays again, his paladin holy sword is is just oh, the like one. just like the fever. It's going to do wondrous things. You know, you know who else had personality? trickster <laughs> <laughs> yeah except you turned him to stone 
Uh, actually, Jim, I've got a question. So, because I've been thinking a lot more about D and D and why the whys and wherefores of things, because I'm writing something that kind of is adjacent to the concept. Okay, there's no. your. Are there's you your, are you rocking? <laughs> no, there's your, the first I've heard of this. There's yeah. your first mistake right there. Well, but 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 here's the question, which is related to what Walt was just saying. Okay. Um, it, it is is that you know the concept of having a plus one sword as an example. It isn't clear to me in the stuff that I've read, and I'm sure that, that it's somewhere that I haven't read, um, how something becomes a plus one. And, and the thing that's kind of interesting to me about uh, Nick's sword, uh, or Prometheus's sword, is that you know it essentially can grow with the character. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah. It evolves. Absolutely, yes. Which, yeah. which, mo which most weapons do not. So how how how, how do you how do you create a plus one sword? How do you there we go, my very good friend. Okay, so um, have you read much fantasy fiction? Oh yeah, historically yeah. Okay, how about the Nine Princes in Amber? Have you read that? No. Good stuff. No. Okay, you got to read that. That's a must. Okay. Okay. So what happens is swords get names, and swords get used in unusual ways, and swords start talking back to their masters is what happens they develop intelligence and iq and and agendas okay all the intelligent swords have major agendas and as long as their heroes their possessors their wielders do their agenda everything is hunky-dory the second they start going away from that then the sword takes over their body and makes them cluck like a duck but I guess the, yeah. the question I have is, what's the origin of the, you know, I've got an iron sword here, let's say, or whatever. Yes, yes, okay. And, and, sure. and, and if I wanted it to become a plus one, is there yes. some magical incantation that occurs yes. or? Okay, well, so, there sometimes there is, but you can actually make a sword plus one by, by going to uh, dwarven armorers and weaponsmiths, and they sharpen it so well that it's a plus one. The right. temple will bless it. Two different kinds of bonuses. There's weapons of quality, which have non-magic, and then there's the six-level wizard spell, enchant an item, that will bestow pluses. Uh, to get you, to get the, dwarves, you, the dwarves can do that, too. To get you to the third... Right, dwarves and elves both have the ability to enchant items up to plus two. If you want to get higher, you need to go to uh, Meteoric Iron, for plus three, and then uh, adamantium and mithril for four and five. Adamantium, ooh, nice stuff. Mm. But you need to name the sword. You need to treat it like it's a like it's a valuable friend, like good old Nick. Nick does. Nick spoils his sword rotten, and the and the <laughs> sword is responsive back. Is telling Nick powers that it has, and uh, isn't hiding half the powers that it has, just so Nick can do better. Yep. And interesting. Okay. <laughs> They're saying so, yeah. the incantation to make uh, fever was, I demand to see your manager. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yes, the, James, the secondary power that you that we were wondering, I forgot, mm -hmm. is you gave it a lore ability today. Oh, I yes. did, didn't I? You're right. You made yeah. it a sage. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be well, fun for you to you're use. You're welcome, Nick. We'll see how that you, works. We'll yeah. see how that works. This sword is awesome. I'm waiting for you to send someone to take it away. Uh, okay. It, oh, so it will have attempts to steal it. Absolutely. Why is that, Nick? Because you're mean? No, no, no. <laughs> because it's an artifact, and everybody wants an artifact. 
That's true. And we did encounter an artifact today besides our artifact. Yes, you did. Just an evil one. And you know, and the second the second your guards hear about that, they go back to uh, to uh, Crimson Hawk City and start drinking. And then the thieves guild hears about it, and they their bosses instantly want it. Of course, so, no one will hear about it because we're not talking about it because I'm the only one who knows what it is to identify. And our guards aren't there yet because uh, we've got to get the castle built I, first. I, I think, no, I think Nick and the people are talking up the swords. Oh, the sword's okay. fine. I'm just talking yeah. about the eyeball. Right, no, the eyeball doesn't get talked about at all. That's very good. But, you know, it, it sticks out of his sheath, and it's got this woman's face on it. And, and the woman's face looks at people and scares the hell out of the men-at-arms in the castle. Well, we should call that a fort, really. It isn't a castle yet. It will trickster be. Could, trickster could have been a good sword like that. It could have been. <laughs> you know what? You just you just tossed that that noble blade away willy nilly. No, no this is still a good sword. It's just stone. We're going to keep working stone. on it. Well, yeah, no. Right. At this point, we uh, we dedicated it to uh, to Anubis, yeah, along with with the, the the gem, so that way uh, Fever could get the the diamond. There or, we no, go. it was a gem. It would no. Cat's it was a uh, emerald cat's eye. Cat's eye. Yeah. Yes. If I was going to take from Anubis, I needed to leave him something of equal value. That's right. Exactly. I couldn't put that better myself. We may need to think about doing a rewrap on uh, on uh, uh, Nick's Nick's sword's handle. Yeah. A rewrap covering the beautiful face of Fever? I don't think that's going to be allowed. I don't think Prometheus oh. would let that happen. No, no way. Uh, sweet baby. He probably kisses it every night now. We don't need to know about what he does in his tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, T- TMI, TMI. <laughs> when, little soul, when, when little knives start popping out. <laughs> then you know something really bad is happening. Because I've been conversing with this sword, the last, uh, when we were mowing the grass and our monkey um, wolf... Uh, sex uh, army destroyed the hive. <laughs> are you speaking in euphemisms? Uh, Mowing the grass and everything else? Uh, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. said, uh, and, and, and Fever helped us. She manifested and mm-hmm. she sang a song, and all the Hajis got off their uh, horses. Exactly. Yes, they what did. Was that, what, what was that that she did? It was a power that she manifested that you don't know anything about yet. Well, a siren you, song. When, yeah, okay. Come on, I'm supposed to do that, JR. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so know what it, when when she manifests on the full moon, um, she's going to ask a big favor. Uh, she okay. wants to make little needles. <laughs> <laughs> the, with every favor comes the price. Yes, she under she understands that. Yeah, and I can so, turn into a fire giant too. <laughs> you hey. can, you can. Yes, I don't know if you want to, but you can. So We're Knight of Barsoom, ju- just so you know, Trickster was a long sword. It wasn't the Kopesh, which you keep telling me to pronounce wrong. <laughs> no, you pronounce it right now for the first time in your life. Yeah, you don't what, pronounce what, uh, Ron correctly. But, not yeah. yeah, now you have to get your best friend Cleric's name. So what happens to uh, Drawn? When uh, when we're gaming, is he going to be uh, his character going to be with us, or is he going to be with Horace for the week? He's guarding the tem- uh, something. He didn't tell me he was going to do something with Horace. Uh, he while well, you guys are adventuring uh, with the, uh, yeah, you got a dwarven ranger coming in, right? Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, as you as as you guys are adventuring with the dwarven ranger, uh, Dron can be uh, uh, training troops uh, assembled from the uh, the temple. Hey, we hey. need a we need a healer in our group. I hey, think so, you change it, your plans there, Dron. Is what 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 is uh, Terry going to be? Thought he was a paladin, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he said paladin. Uh, we Terry Dakota, mix. We have, we have Dakota Kraut too. And so Terry we'll, Mixon we'll, and Christopher Denote. Okay. Oh, we know wait, they're that, man, that's a lot of people. It is a lot. And of I people. bet all of them are going to be fighters of some sort because they're. Smart. You know, just as long as I can get behind all of them, I'm going to be a happy, <laughs> happy little dwarf. <laughs> Except if the attack comes from behind. Uh oh. This Oops. is scary. Something awful just oh, happened. Dear God. He's very rugged. Oh, he's got, you got that. Strength. 19.5. He's sharing. Is that what he's doing? He's yeah. sharing. So he's a he's a beast. He's a tank. He's got to get those hit points up. Where, where is he? At? No, that's this is this whole thing is him. Yeah. So remember, he's yeah. fourth level. Oh, that's so. right. That's right. Fourth level. Okay. And, right. and where's his hit points? I don't see it. Fifty-two uh, at the bottom. Wait. Here. Wait a minute. What is this? Sixteen point seven nine. He's a cavalier. Um, is a subclass of a cavalier. So he gets he gets partial points. Uh, you get two to twenty per level, starting at first level. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you start with percentage on strength. And unlike the original game, it's strength, dexterity, constitution, and charisma for a paladin. And so he's got. Um, he has uh, eight. Uh, eight to eighty extra points that got uh, distributed through those four abilities. And so can so like on uh, Constitution seventeen point four one. If he went to seventeen point five one, would he get uh, an ex? Would he get the eighteen hit points? No, it's it's no, it's when he rolls over to double zero. So he'll uh, go to okay. seventeen ninety nine, and then he'll go to eighteen, and then he gets the adjustment to the stat set. And I don't see his hit points. Where are they hiding? Right below. Bottom. Oh, there, 52. Yeah, he is a tank. Yeah. He chose some good weapons. Lance, longsword, two-handed, flail, and a battle axe. He's still deciding. The things he hasn't done, like I said, is he hasn't worked his equipment, and he hasn't finished what he's doing for uh, abilities. Yeah, you don't have to do any of my abilities on my ranger. I'm doing Gagaxian rangers. Which now, means what? So, which means we didn't fool with those abilities in the old, old days. Well, but you want to include those, so that's why when you gave them to me, I've given you the list so you can look at it. Okay, all right, I can't complain so about that. I did it in OD&D, first edition D&D, and second, so you can see I've got, I've got, uh, I've got Andrew looking at my character sheet because I don't want to make a stupid mistake. We don't judge. <laughs> yeah, I judge. <laughs> okay, Captain Kilgosia thinks that uh, James is going to want to kill us again and shoot us in the back. <laughs> while we're on the firing line. <laughs> I, I have to say that shooting you in the back is the best way to, to be hurt. <laughs> but I would never do that with my heavy crossbow. Never. And the fact that you're also a ranger, which means you're good aligned. Yeah, well, that means I can... That so can rangers be evil? No. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, I, I don't want an anti-paladin. I have no problem with evil rangers. Oh, all right. Yeah. So do that, we, doesn't, do we have... that doesn't mean they're legal. I just have no problem with them <laughs> in my game. 
So do we have access to a smithy? Because I, I, I'm, I'm still thinking about this grenade thing. Yeah, I, I yes. can make black yes. powder. So okay. all of my retainers have a, a mix of their weapons crafting. So once we get the castle finished, we could build one. Okay, no. <laughs> I, I got to be convinced that the leap from saltpeter, sulfur, and charcoal well, is made into gunpowder. And that you haven't. You haven't convinced me of anything yet. Oh, I, 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 not... I can, I can oh. give you a, a, a five-step process for, uh, you know, distilling back guano into the needed saltpeter. And charcoal is very easy to get. And yeah, okay, great. Is... I, I'm so glad to hear you say that, Michael. Now yeah. the question is, how do you combine the three? How do how do you make that leap? Oh, it's easy. It, you do it by weight. Seventy-five, fifty. No, 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 no. You are I'm not getting about it, the process side for us. So I'm an alchemist. I make uh, compounds, mixtures, all those things constantly. Mm -hmm. I told you I'm working on explosives. That is, it's a quantified leap specific to the types of things I'm working on. Okay, okay, and that's great. But um, before we reach the end result, unless we find a spelljammer ship, then we have to come up with the step-by-step -step process. Yeah, are you saying the concept of an explosive gunpowder mortar type thing? We have to arrive at that concept is what you're saying. Right. Yes, Not, absolutely, uh, yeah. yes. So well, the answer to that is that, that Prometheus, Prometheus would tell them. Nobody, yeah, right. Nobody on the world um, has the, put this formula together, but there are spelljammer ships coming in and out of the world, and they all have gunpowder. Well, and I, can, and I can summon as a fifth circle spell a minor helm, so I can I can turn any boat into a spell jamming ship. So w w <laughs> would we say that uh, token and and the uh, and some of the stuff that he wrote in the 1930s would be a, uh, the type of technology that we would be saying is compatible with our game? Yeah. Okay. Tolkien tossed in a bunch of World War One stuff. And and I agree, he did, well, he did explosives, but they were very unusual, and I think they were only used in two places in the whole set of books. Uh, 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 so Night of Barsoom, Night of Barsoom is predicting that Levi will get blown up at least once during. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. But 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 there were lots of. I mean, even in the 111th, uh, is 111, 111st uh, birthday on Bilbo's birthday. Fireworks. Uh, fireworks. And okay. guess. Guess what black powder? Uh, yeah, what, what what kind of powder is in in those fireworks? There, there's no powder in there whatsoever, Michael. Oh, magic! On contraire. No, no, Michael. They're my fireworks. If uh -huh. I tell you there's no powder in them, there's no powder. It's all magic. It's all illusion. Uh, uh, well, Highland Highland would say that uh, any magic is just unsufficiently understood technology. I believe that was Arthur C. Clarke, my good friend. Yes. Correct. Yes. It's Clark's statement. <laughs> yeah. it, he's, he's doubting us. Oh, my goodness. We got four geniuses here working with him, and he doesn't <laughs> think we're correct. Well, I am the science fiction author. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. So, I, was, I was a science fiction author while you were in diapers. That was just <laughs> yesterday for him. <laughs> That's not yeah. a pleasant thought, my good friend. 
It might be today too. You never know. Yeah. Might be. We don't judge. So, uh, all right. <laughs> they're they're suggesting uh, Captain Kilgosha is that he should have to roll several successive ninety uh, nines on a percentile dice to be able to create a step of the way. Yeah, I don't think so. Here's, I would not think, happening. I, I, here's what I would think. I think that you would observe phenom- phen- phenomena uh-huh, uh-huh. that that was mortar-like, that was All explosive, right. mortar-like, and then you would you would you would work back not from the that. Bottom. Okay, so, so you like would say, so like fireballs. Well, um, they're, they more start like out a vol- more like, like a, a volcano. Okay. You would observe a volcano, and you'd, you'd be like, "Well, okay, why is that matter exploding out of that caldera? That that's something to work on. Well, what's causing that? Well, it's not just heat, because then it would be a hearth." Well, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, so, so here's so, a, Nick is exactly right. That's the process you're going to have to go through. Well, to, here here's the very easy process. You 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 were in the caves, walking through bat guano, and you know, in the caves you sometimes have encrustations of sulfur if you're in a volcanic area, and and you you happen to you know have your you're you're lying at a campfire, you know, out, uh, up 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 top, and uh, you've got back crap on your shoes and you know some chunks of sulfur and and your foot is a little too close to the campfire and all of a sudden it starts sparking and it gives you an idea uh-huh you go, well what was there before that all happens you have to do a disease roll for the bet the disease of the back guano that's all over your shoes so so go ahead and roll that michael so so one of the things he's talking about michael where uh, the amber series will be great homework for you. Oh yeah, that the amberites spend. Uh, amber is the true world. Everything else is a shadow reflection of that, including Earth. And they uh, bring back uh, munitions and firearms from the future and from Earth and from the past, but none of them fire in amber. And so it is an incredibly frustrating experience that the traditional sources of our understanding of the physical universe don't work. And they, they all know about fu- uh, firearms and guns. That's no problem for the, for the Amber kids. And then Corwin discovers accidentally that Jeweler's Rouge is actually the combustible element that allows them to create guns and allows him to lay siege to the Castle of Amber. And, but it's but it's non-traditional things that we are going to have to ferret out through the use of augury and spells and foolish ideas <laughs> to bring us to this unless we can run into GIF, which are the users of munitions uh, on Spelljammer. And those creatures, they're giant hippopotami, basically, yeah. and they use all of the original uh, militant forms, 15th and 16th century, up through probably around the late 1800s for munitions. There's some so, crazy but, dwarves, too, that do it, too. Go ahead, Nick. Well, you know, okay, fine and dandy weapons are great, but, like, uh, literally we have this badass sword that I have. Um, <laughs> there's all these other weapons and interesting, cool things that we're finding. Uh, the Eye of Vecna, things like that. What, like, you know, a, a, a 15th or 16th century fire firearm, what good is it? What good is a mortar in a dungeon? Oh, uh, clear, clear, yeah, ro- ro- roll and clear a room ahead of you. They want to toss grenades, Nick. Yes. yes. Well, 
yeah, that's great. Explosives are dangerous. And yeah. clearing clearing a room with a blunderbuss isn't like clearing a room with an M4. Very good. Yes, that's an excellent point, Nick. Oh, yeah, God. like, I mean, literally, remember, with old school, you know, firearms up to, I mean, like, uh, 18, uh, when did the first repeaters come in? But I mean, well, I mean, like, let's just eighteen sixties. There were repeaters because they yeah. were yeah. So yeah. so yeah. So you don't have repeaters. What you have is you know, I mean, what you're really coming up with is what the conquistadors went after the Mayans with, which they did great. Yep. But you know, uh, disease did more work than those blunderbuss did. And so plus, the, gonna... plus the Mayans didn't toss fireballs that would explode your gun while it's still in your holster. Yeah, yeah, that's another. Thing. But but but, thing... but I, I was never looking at it from a gun perspective because <laughs> I, I I agree with you. I I was looking at it from a, a roll a grenade kind of perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. That's of course metagaming, and yeah. it's dangerous. That's why I'm going to make you suffer to to make this thing happen. <laughs> Yeah, I would say I'm not this, saying like, you can't have it because you know what? I want you guys all to have a ton of fun, but I'm saying you will pay the price. If you use explosives underground, that doesn't seem like a good idea. It doesn't, does it? Well, oh, in an open in an open area, the the concussion does not travel nearly as as I mean, you know, we're yeah, not talking but, about but Yeah, but you could you could bring down a part of the dungeon on yourself. Yeah, okay, so, and that's great. So you go into that room that had the brown fungus on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And you toss in a grenade to explode there. And after the explosion, there's 80 feet of brown fungus covering your body. Why, so, why would it be? I wouldn't be in the room when this happened. That's right. It went, it went, it filled the room and then went in the corridor where you guys were standing and going, la di da, li da di da. And it covered you in brown fungus. In other words, this is like a wish and you just don't want us to do it. <laughs> well, no. So, so here's the thing. One of the keys behind uh, the old school stuff and what we do a lot in the guild is spell design. And the reason for it is to find ways to simulate functions that we like that still meet some of the game uh, game requirements and game enhancements. So uh, cloaking is a thing we see a lot of science fiction wise. I wanted to figure out how to enhance these skills to give <laughs> a better shot with because what invisibility does is it reveals weaknesses through the first four events we saw weaknesses every time i used invisibility so i found a way to enhance that and use it best on the strongest personality with existing skill set so, yeah okay so andrew i must thank you for the biggest smile i've ever had in dnd has your invisible you can't be smelled, you can't be heard, and you raise your finger to your lips to shush everybody. Yeah, that was good. It was hilarious beyond belief. Oh yep. my God, so that much a, fun. That was a great I'm fired move. I got that. <laughs> but in my defense, less than you know, 50 hours away, there's not many brain cells. Yeah, left. there we go, I quite agree, you're tired. Let, so me just, let me just ask you this question, Rothman. Why would you want science when you can have magic? <laughs> there we go. Oh, because I'm a monk and I don't really have access to magic. That's well, not true. Aren't you wearing bracers that are magical? Yeah, but uh, it doesn't do what I want. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> no. So, so become a cleric. Want. Yeah, really, or become a wizard. Yeah, well. Car carve out your eye and stick that eye in your socket. Like we're, acquire <laughs> we're, we're acquiring all kinds of things. That, that eye is kind of hard to reach right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't want that. 
Well, I'm just saying we are acquiring things like instead of wasting our time trying to invent stuff, like what I would be doing is trying to figure out, you know, the 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 items that we have or acquiring somehow getting them to work for us. Though I think I think James likes to do a lot of transformational items. So you got to kind of deal with that or, you know, bend things around. But like I think they're fever, both smiling because of the last time they were transformed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that so reminds, fever, me. I just, that reminds I just kept... me, the wolf had four little pups that are humanoid. Uh-oh. That'll and, be interesting. And, and she wants Maybe. you to name them. They're all males. Okay. Uh, will, good, good luck with that child support. Yeah, really. So maybe maybe we should let all the subscribers come up with four names for the pups. <laughs> Pup McPup face. <laughs> I think we need serious names for the pup. All right, you heard him in the chat. You could throw okay. names out. There we go. Good. That's how we ended up with uh, the name for the dwarf. Kilgosha was suggested. <laughs> Excellent. Oh yeah, that it was. How is how is uh, Jocko Bagpipe make uh, whatever his name is doing? He's working well, very hard, but he would like he would like some plans for the castle. Well, him and I and Gary sit around every night <laughs> talking about the castle and getting drunk. Gary doesn't talk much. But he's a good listener. He does not listener. talk much anymore. No, Gary's a great <laughs> listener. Jocko and I, hey, we, we need... drink and sketch it out, and it looks great. Hey, we have uh, two Orog um, undead now, right. also. Zombies. You can call them zombies. Uh, aren't skeletons faster? Can't we have skeletons? No, they're both really slow, and when you bring those two up out of the well, many of your men are not happy. They're crossing themselves with holy symbols and, and saying something about the damned and Hell. Yeah, let's just cover them in sheets. Who's going to know? <laughs> yeah, we'll put good armor so, on them. So, uh, Knight of Barsoom wants to know what happened to the other pregnant wolves. <laughs> That's an excellent uh, question. And, you know, if you were back in that, Greyhawk, you'd find out. No, no, but you said there were, five, there were five uh, left after I they killed the... I hope we return to that world and it's like Planet of the Apes. But <laughs> <laughs> Those damn dirty apes. <laughs> no, but, 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 but I think there there are five uh, females. Yeah, yeah, there are, but they're 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 only halfway into their gestation period. Yeah. Well, there you go, Knight of Barsoom. We've got your answer. Uh, Willa Junior was suggested as a name. Oh God, <laughs> Willa Junior. I love that. <laughs> they're they're going through. If you want to read them out, Nick and, and or excuse me, uh, Walt, and pick your favorites. Speaking of my favorites, Walt, can I hear some noise from you, buddy? Uh, oh, you want to finish the picture first? Yeah, let me. Never let me, mind. Let me, let me I, this I withdraw first, that request. <laughs> so we've got Kilgosa, Kilgosha suggested, Barsoom, Woola Junior, Highwood, Wordna. I don't know. Wordna would like, like having a, a puppy humanoid thing named after him. Wordna too. Yeah, there'll be no dogs named after the wizard. It's not a dog. <laughs> it's it's a humanoid creature with lots of fur. Cool. I a wolfen. A monster. Perfect. I'll take it. A one. wolfen. Exactly right. I couldn't have said that better myself, Nick. It's just hey, a hair so, so where did you get kid. the name? How did you get the name Maltians for humans in your in the original? I don't know what you're talking about. That's Andrew. Oh. 
Multaeans are from the world multi. Multi-sphere is the term for Michael Moorcock's universe, the multi-sphere universe. There we go. Uh, well, there you go. Okay. Good old Michael Moorcock. For humans, that's used by a lot of old-school science fiction writers. He was nice enough to admit that he made a mistake and did indeed give me permission to put the Elric stuff in my book. <laughs> that was kind of him. Kind of him to admit that he did something? Yeah. <laughs> kind of to admit that it was his mistake and not mine. Uh, yeah, that deities and demigods, what the hell? I know. I know. It's terrible what they do to me. Did it 40 years ago and they're still complaining. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good thing to yell at wizards about and say they need a disclaimer page so that you stop getting all the notices. Yeah, no, I can't. Uh, I don't like dealing with wizards. They aren't nice people. I think our wizard's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he is indeed. Yes, he is indeed. That was a good segue. You're getting bonuses for that one. Yeah, uh, does... I give you. I give you 45 experience points. Oh Alan. my god! You do realize Nick is going to have a stroke. You think? <laughs> Not our boy. No, he takes so, it all in good stead. So did T uh, did TSR directly evolve into Wizards of the Coast? How, oh, how did that work? Oh, such an ugly little story. Yeah. Okay. No evolution. So two two years of fantastic sales, and I'm taking the credit for it because it was under my watch. We had a $41 million year and a $42 million year. That was the best years TSR ever had. And naturally, Lorraine did things like she. This is hilarious. So uh, Lorraine is who again? So Lorraine for the Williams uh, was the uh, chief operating officer, and then she became the president when she took it over in a hostile stock takeover. And anyway, she didn't like people sitting by her on an airplane, so she would buy two first-class seats so she could sit by herself. <laughs> and she would do things like that all the time. She, she wanted a little garden, so they spent forty grand on a garden. Um, she just did a bunch of weird, weird stuff until finally the printer said, you're going to pay this, this multi-million dollar printing bill or I'm going to own the building that you're in. And so she didn't want that to happen. So she let it be known to certain people, Peter Atkinson being one of them, that TSR could be held for sale for good money. Nice. And Yeah, nice. And, and oh, I was actually commenting on Walt's art. Okay, I'm sorry. She kept it very secret. Um, I didn't know about it, and I was the vice president of the company. Um, and so she sold it to Wizards for a big a bunch of bucks and and she escaped without having to pay anything she now lives in and this is this is a, to my great shame she lives in ward castle in england by cambridge because she is a ward no relation like yeah i hope no relation but i can't tell you how much it disturbs me that she lives in a ward castle um anyway so she sold it for big bucks and uh and, and so Wizards got a hold of it because Peter Atkinson always loved D&D &D more than life. And so, and he, that was a cash-rich company that, you know, they were going off of huge um, Magic the Gathering sales. And so he, he bought it and, and, uh, and, and so Wizards took it over and started doing stuff. And they moved, they moved everybody from Wisconsin over there to, uh, to yeah, Renton, over. Washington. Yeah, Renton. yeah. I, re I was asked, but I refused to go because I, I, I really didn't like 
uh, Peter Atkinson. So back to what was suggested earlier. Yes. It was brought up that one uh, strategy we could have is to attack the supply lines of all these uh, nasty yeah, creatures. Yeah. Is there uh, is there an obvious route, or is it just a sort of an own contained ecosystem? Okay, and so the answer to your question is, how do you find that out? Exploring. Exploring is the only way. And you're not going to ever find a, a trail of supply because of all the different creatures and the different ways that that dungeon in particular um, is, is very complex and huge with lots of things going on. You haven't even seen, you, you haven't even got to like a 5% of that dungeon. It's so huge. We, we, we should definitely start fortifying the exits with like murder holes and well, That stuff. is very wise because lots of stuff is going to start coming up that hole. Well, that's yeah, we, why we had our Cyclops, but then you killed him. <laughs> I, I didn't kill him. Walt killed him. No, it wasn't me. Yeah. It was Robillard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Robillard where, who who, uh, who. Where did that come it. from? Okay, that's a good question too. Robillard was was uh, Rob Koontz. Um, he was he was one of the oldest players in the game, um, and he didn't like being lawful, so he always played evil characters or neutral evil characters, and he had this lord that got it to be real high level, who who would deliberately try to, and you guys should try this too. You haven't done any of it yet. He would deliberately subdue monsters. So when you subdue a monster, you don't try to hurt them. You try to bruise them. So you use the, the edges of your weapons. You announce that you're subduing. And if you get more hit points of bruising damage than they have hit points, they're subdued. And for a little while, they will do what they're told. Only evil creatures can do that, right? No, no, no. You guys can subdue creatures too. Rob had had three black dragons. Now he, now he has two black dragons. One of them died when they attacked Dramage's castle. Kind of hard to subdue with a, a bow. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You can't. Uh, but you may make. Um, um, think of the arrows that they used to kill birds. Oh, the blunt ones? Yeah. yeah, the blunt ones. You can do yeah. blunt damage. You just have to announce to your referee, I'm trying to subdue this guy, and and then other people can't chop at it to hurt it. You guys all have to subdue it. And once you knock him unconscious, he's yours for a while, no matter how bad or evil or powerful he is. Let's subdue the beholder. There we go. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't even been able to chop him yet. There was so he, could had, we... he had summoned four other creatures in that room. That place was a coward. Packed. He's a coward. He didn't face us. Yeah. So, uh, so Andrew, do you have any solutions to that rain of uh, of blades where we could redirect it at him? Well, it's uh, it seems like it's an equivalent. Most of the stuff he's doing is equivalent magic with a little bit of a twist. Uh -huh. So. We're going to try some twists and see if we can uh, alter some of the uh, impetus of his work. He's, he's getting high. Andrew uh, Wurden is getting high enough level that he can dispel some of that stuff, but it isn't automatic when he tosses his dispel no, because the beholder is. more invulnerability. Yeah, so. the beholder is very powerful. Yeah. So we, uh, if you put the, Andrew, if you put the, the map in the shared file, we can start designing uh defensive warren to make it difficult for them to sneak out of the ah, there we go yeah it's 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 something can, you might try can you are there like runes you could put onto the ground that like activate almost like a magical mind Ooh, power word stuff you got any of that yet andrew yes so we have we have a couple of different options in the garden wards section that we might want to consider 
Um, and we have to decide if we want to uh, cast things like, the problem is um, their action seems to be so quick that it's very difficult for us to have enough reaction time. So I'm thinking of setting up some contingency spells so that when they trip this, then this spell happens to them and that'll slow them down enough for us to get a response. Yeah, yeah. I, Plus you got that very nice guards and wards spell that you can put down at the bottom of the well. I was just thinking more like uh, once we lay out the defensive blocks to uh, to slow them down from exiting the well into our mm -hmm. castle, if you could put something like a, a magical minefield, as it were. Well, there we go. The dwarf can do traps too, you know. Well, right. The we only, do like Jocko. The only problem with magical minefields is they're going to leave lay waste to some of the area. So I would rather it be more warding type things that prevent them from crossing. So we can now start setting up things that are alignment specific. And that's yeah. life a lot easier for the bulk of us. There we go. <laughs> that means Prometheus can never go into the dungeon. <laughs> oh, and that's where we have some challenges. Some of I'm, I'm sure Prometheus can be given passwords. Prometheus is just chaotic neutral. Yeah, exactly. He's not evil. Plus so his... uh, luckily he's uh, he's not quite, but almost out of his poison, apparently. Um, yeah, that was a point that Jim brought up. Like, yeah, you're speaking at... of that, why in the world do you think you got the uh, the snake venom? Um, because uh, we you initially killed me. Yeah, that I was did. My, that was my first death. Yeah, and then and... we encountered two more snakes, and I said, uh, and Andrew advised me to take my non-weapon proficiency. Um, and to use animal handler, and I told you I'm taking, and I have it in my character sheet. It's they a giant snake. Sheet, so did, I yeah. Did, did I have you roll for that? Uh, I thought yeah, it was like a six. Let's assume yes. Roll this. <laughs> and you said and on a six, you're very unhappy. And I'm like, but I have this skill. So all right, very good. Yeah, all right, so you ready for snake poison? You guys ready for some noise? Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. Uh, here we go. Give me all the diamonds and rubies, and I'll give you something you like. Oh yeah, yeah. baby! <laughs> <laughs> so this is the one they, they that they just scared me with about a half an hour ago. Uh, nah, nah, nah. Whoops! Goblins, you promised me the ogres. <laughs> yeah, really good. They're really good job. That was a marvelous accent on that one. That's how you play D and D. <laughs> we have to be able to do that every once in a while on the on the show. Well, they uh, what do you call it? They have if you go on the the stream when it's broadcasting, there's a little tab on the right side of the screen. They click that, and then they can pay bits to uh, launch all these sound files. And and can I just do that on my own without paying bits? Uh, I think we could set it up. So okay, please do. I just Forget. love a wizard with an eight. <laughs> that's mine that's mine that wonderful oh my goodness and then of course everybody's favorite i hope you win your little D, &D game honey <laughs> that is just hilarious every time i hear it i just can't believe it every time so yeah there's there's uh quite a few files i was only able to load six of them in today um uh, -huh. uh the thing is we want to make we, we don't want to load them in all at once uh-huh yeah um, just because of the fact that uh, when you load them in, it, you then have to scroll through. And if you have just like a dedicated set of choices, you can just boom, 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 fire them off like they were today. And uh, they launched those things a couple of times. Scared the living crap out of me. Cool. Way cool. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad glad the idea worked. And, and she sounds wonderful. And your accent is just great, Nick. Well done. 
Why, thank you, my lord. <laughs> it's, ni it's nice having a talented actor in the group. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you know, shiftless wastrel actor, ex-soldier. <laughs> what we yeah, need to all do. That stuff. So we need to get uh, get um, Veronica to record her ballad. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, that was very sweet stuff that she took the time to make that whole thing. So what did we uh, what did we get right today on the uh, on the trek down the well? Mm, not a lot. <laughs> I, 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 I think I told Andrew. I don't know if I told everybody. I got I, eight or eight or nine uh, emails from people that that were chiding you guys for only getting the three rooms in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the deal with the purple symbol? I I almost expected it to be drum related, but it doesn't seem to be. Was that? Oh just no, some... it is. It is exactly drum related. Oh, it was. For they sure. Weren't... They weren't playing the drums. Why? Because why weren't they playing the drums? Because set up yet. this this group, yeah, this group kills drum players, so they were they were doing stuff not drum related. Okay, but it was great, wasn't it? Those shaman, oh my goodness, fine fellows. <laughs> so 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 physical attacks were not working. It was no the no no attacks. physical attacks were great. Magical attacks were a problem. So so, why did my uh, bows the arrow, not work? The arrows bounced. It was it was the the clerics have a wonderful anti missile um, spell. Mm, okay. So because magic leaves a mark, uh, when we kill <laughs> shamans, shamans can uh, can Werdna learn from their dead bodies? You know, Werdna can. Um, there are a few problems with that. Okay. Like Werdna might start really enjoying hurting things how do you feel about that word are you okay with hurting things i heard a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> my uh, kill ratio is six to one. Oh, well done that sounds great that would have been a lot tougher of a dungeon if you weren't like throwing out the death cloud <laughs> yeah really that uh, that poison gas cloud is nasty so yeah, it was a very violent. Stuff. And I can't believe I rolled two morales and I rolled a one both times. That's disgusting. Well, you know, sometimes you're the statue and sometimes you're the bird. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, you you said you didn't think we did much right. So, what did we do wrong? Well, I mean, it, you did have a fine battle with those little raptors. That worked out pretty well. Um, you killed. Bunches of them, so that was good. They didn't scare you at all, and I really hope they would. That many, fifty of them, would scare you, but you guys weren't intimidated one bit. So that worked well, and you talked to the cyclops instead of just killing it. So that worked very well. Maybe we should have talked to the beholder. Maybe, <laughs> you know, it's an idea. Beholders um, in uh, in uh, Crimson Hawk City, there's a big beholder that's ahead of the thieves guild. Ooh. Oh, so maybe Nick has an in. Maybe, yeah. Is no, Nick part of the guild? Andrew maybe has we, the in. <laughs> maybe we could trade the beholder the Eye of Vecna, and he could become the beholder with the Eye of Vecna. Oh, yeah, wow. that would be great. I'm sure that beholder would love that. Yeah, you know. Well, he has to, for us to give it to him, he has to obey us for 100 years. Yeah, okay, I know that's not happening. <laughs> right, you, for, for an artifact. not obeying anything. Yeah, just wait till he starts tossing the charm ray at you guys. 
Yeah, but I, we... I just can't wait. I just can't wait till till Prometheus turns around and starts wailing on the group. Prometheus, when it when it comes time to start fighting the group, which is the first character that you want to kill? <laughs> no. They're all I mean all of them? Kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I was if I was Prometheus fighting, I'd want to bump off Andrew first. Why? If I, if I could see him, hear him, or smell him. <laughs> oh, because he's so dangerous? Because he's so dangerous, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It would have to be the wizard, I guess. I mean, they are both uh, they both have dispel, so, you know, the charm, either one of those guys, Drawn or, or Wordnut, could dispel your, your charm, but you're going to be laying about and do wondrous damage to those people. What if we just throw a bunch of Rothman grenades in there and collapse the dungeon on him? Yeah, okay, grenades are just not happening for a while. <laughs> oh, what if we cause an earthquake down there and drop the dungeon on him? Uh, I, I, Wordnum might have a spell that could do that. And there are earth elementals that can do that. And I could become a fire giant. You can become. You're really proud of that, aren't you? I think it's pretty cool. I don't know what a fire giant does, though. You'll have to read it up in the monster manual. Andrew could just tell us. And, you know, he could, but he's not going to because he wants you to do a little of the homework. I mean, I have a monster manual, but it's, the, it's 5e. I'm sure it'll be fine, though, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is hilariously funny. The uh, yeah, uh, fire giants are, are kind of neat just because of the fact that they uh, they they look like uh, 15 foot tall dwarves on fire. They do. I think they're taller than 15 Are feet. They? Let me see. Yeah, let the, me see uh, here. I just always liked the the idea that they were these they they were these massive like engines of destruction, but they yeah like, yeah. Plus, they're totally resistant to fire, which is way cool. Yeah, they look like they they look. I'm like, already I'm already resistant. Fire, to fire. giant. <laughs> it's yeah. You're right. It's 18 feet tall for the yeah. fire giant. Yeah, they're, they're but they look like they're short and like compared to their height, they're squat. So they look like giant dwarves. They do. Yes, they do. Wondrous creatures. Just, I can't wait. It's probably going to be years before you get down there, but I can't wait till you meet that big, that big fire giant chamber with the the red dragons and the lava and the, and, <laughs> That's a, and the marvelous. It doesn't sound fun at all. Oh my goodness! It was like I said. We we saw them at eighth level. We ran for our very lives, and then when we were all tenth level, we went down there and kicked butt. Right on. Now, how how do you think? Uh, Crimson Hawk or playing Crimson Hawk would have changed or would change if we if you slapped in something like 5e or say Castles and Crusades or Swords and Wizardry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so we played three hours today yeah we had some big battles today yep uh, if it was 5e um, we'd still we be rolling be playing, <laughs> yeah we'd, we'd be playing 90 hours Oof. Everything slows down tremendously. The combat's slower. Uh, everything is way slower. What about Castles and Crusades? Uh, they, they, they do a uh, lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that's just like AD&D First Edition. So that you'd have, it'd be the same result. Um, they're a yeah. little bit more wahoo. And they're, they're really into um, skill saves. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to do something really clever and smart. Um, it isn't just enough to cast the spell. 
you have to you know roll against your intelligence or your wisdom right on i like their uh the way that they handle uh like multi-classing i thought that was a neat touch to uh to 1e with that absolutely and you know that they're they're a product engine they turn out tons of product um i'm gonna actually i'm doing a yeah, uh, the the kickstarter <laughs> that's running right now yeah yeah i'm gonna do a gunpowder adventure for them Gunpowder. Gunpowder. <laughs> oh, so we did we did get some commentary in the chat during the, the game because I was kind of monitoring both to, to keep us uh, informed and, and, and chatting with them. And uh, apparently every time you said, well, we can go into five hours and talk about this and metagaming, <laughs> but I thought you wanted to play a Gary Dungeon. They were loving it when you were doing that. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that because I was just, you know, I'm just kind of teasing. But, well, uh, you, you're you were a mirror, a foil to to Chromethius, to Nix. Always, it's all about the show business. Yeah, really, exactly. But uh, did you did you catch that, Nick? I did, I did. It was uh, it was cool. It was cruel and cutting, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to assuage myself with a Thai massage. Uh-huh, yeah. well, there, there you go. There we go. Did you have yeah, a Thai I... coffee at the same time? Mm. Oh boy, that's almost too Caligula esque. I did have a pastrami sandwich though. Oh, oh yeah, fantastic. well that's that's right in line with that Thai thing. That's fantastic. And Nicole gets a Thai massage too. Yes, we get couples massages. Couple massages. So does she get a guy and you get a girl? No, she gets a girl. It's me in a room with three hot chicks. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> life is so hard for you, Nick. I'm just gonna start calling him Hugh Hefner. Yeah, and everybody's everybody's rubbing oil on everybody. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we won't want to lose our family-friendly rating, so we'll yeah, move right. on. Exactly. So what, what about you, Nick? What were the good and the bad of this AAR? I would say the good was mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> you never See, you never tossed a sword in the air once this adventure. Uh, I didn't. I didn't turn anybody to stone. Yeah. Um, it, it was me who actually started talking to the Cyclops. And yes, that's that true. Out. Let me give yes. you a hundred experience points for that. Why, thank you, sir. <laughs> okay, buddy. A whole hundred. A whole hundred. Hey, you're getting a poop ton of experience out of this adventure. I just have to add it up on my calculator. I hope my calculator goes up high enough to do it. Yeah. You don't One million experience for my awesome gem that I don't get. Yeah, exactly. I know. That's but I got experience for getting be- it for you. You're welcome. You'd probably be 15th level by now if you would have turned all that stuff into experience. This sword is, like, worth a million gold. Okay. Well, it's probably worth more than that now. Really? So it's an artifact. Like- it's got a name. It's got an artifact. It has a reputation uh, in the world. There, uh-huh. there, are, there are forces in the world now that are looking at that sword and scrying you continually. Did, did, yeah, we, but- ever, did we ever convert that, that platinum necklace and stuff from last game yeah yeah so i must i must be a pretty legendary person now uh you're just known as an evil poisoner is what you're known as (laughs) but no 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 that that was the other that That was was the other yeah okay i believe he's used poison in this world too yeah but it's only only on monsters yeah and nobody's been alive to see it no no here's here's what happens you have great (laughs) friends there all right and every once in a while, you guys go drinking and talking about your adventures. And you talk about the poison that you put on the arrows. And, and people hear that. Serving winches, tavern keepers, they all hear that. And know this, this man dressed in black, looking very evil, loves to use poison. 
Yes, so point, he has point this, of order. He has this artifact that everybody's talking about. So yeah, that that must like in some way. I, I can't just be the scumbag poisoner with the great sword. Like I have to be somehow considered kind of studly to have that sword. Oh, you're considered way studly, which is why That's pretty much every major force in uh, Crimson Hawk City has decided to not try for the sword. But there's lots of other stuff coming at you. It just takes them a while to get there. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. So, so what about you, Andrew? Good and the bad? Still chewing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move on to Rothman. That's a good question. Um, well, I guess I uncovered our little purple friends and realized that we have uh, we have a non-drum drum issue. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Other than that, yeah. Uh, well. Was I? No, I guess I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I, I I followed really well as we escaped from the well. <laughs> <laughs> he followed really well. Hey, I think yeah. I should give you ten experience points for that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Walt? Um, I think we have uh, we we're starting to coalesce as a unit. Um, we know that uh, when when things uh, get weird, um, Andrew's character puts up the uh the initial like sector of tactics um we have uh special missions with both uh jr and nick uh we have the herder the person who like kicks people back into the fray so that that the uh you know the pelters can do their job and that's uh i think that's michael's character where he you know fights people so that they're not escaping and then, <laughs> there um, we go. Uh, I- I'm running back up so that uh, you know if somebody gets hurt, they can back up, or you know, uh, uh, buffing people as they go forward. Uh, which I think I, I uh, what do you call it? Well, before we get into a room, I need to start. Um, that's something that I need to work on as a cleric. Is when you get into a room, start doing some things because like um, there, there's a like couple- that marvelous spell you tossed that everybody has to touch you to make it work, right? So there's uh, uh, there's aid. So you know if we all put our hands in the circle and it like go team, you know we can hit that before we go, and that actually lasts a while. Um, but if if um, if I need to do it on the fly, I can toss prayer, uh, excuse me, bless, and it does the same thing. The only thing it doesn't do is it doesn't give you those extra hit points. Doesn't get you hit points. Yeah, but bless you know? is a real nice spell. But like I think if if we're gonna go into like into like real. Uh, you know, like a like a beatdown, right? So Michael's character has the capacity to actually do some serious like mayhem once he gets going. Uh, touch the strongest member of the party, which right now I believe is Jr.'s character. Touch him, and then I can transfer a copy of Jr.'s strength to both uh, Michael and and Nick. Oh so wow! That every time they hit, they're hitting with Jr.'s strength. How long does that last? Uh, hold on. I that's how it. we move the ballistas. Yeah, that's how we move the ballistas. <laughs> that hold is on. true. Uh, that's um, how you move the ballistas. Looking it up. In, in the better world, the world that was nicer to you. This life is pretty nice. I mean, this Anubis if, doesn't hate me. If you're happy, yeah, this Anubis, <laughs> there, there is an Anubis out there that's really still angry at you and wonders where you are. <laughs> you but know. he knows because he's all things and all planes. No, he does not know. Oh my goodness! Besmirching him as a false prophet. 
I don't know what I shall do. <laughs> no, no, your Anubis is blocking everything. Uh, let's see. So, well, that, 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 that's a thought, thought for all times. The multiverse does it have multiple gods? So it lasts. Uh, it lasts for two d six rounds. Oh, that's well. That doesn't last very long then. Right. So yeah, it doesn't last very long. But even still, like if I can get twelve rounds out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah especially it's... like if these guys are going to beat on something that's beating on us. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It's cumulative too, so you can keep adding that on. Uh, I believe so. Um, there's another one I wanna uh, I wanna mess with, but I haven't I haven't touched it yet. Is uh, choose future, um, but that can be dangerous because if uh, you, you got to do a percentile roll in addition, and if you get a certain percentage, uh, it can just go bad for you. Um, but what you do is it's kind of almost like, uh, and it's funny because somebody at Wizards must have gone and seen this. And kind of used it as a basis for the fifth edition uh, advantage disadvantage system. Uh -huh. So you cast the spell, and every time you attack, or whoever you cast it on, every time they attack, they roll two twenty-sided dice, and they get to take the better of the two. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, the the bad side is if you if you bolo the percentage roll, you have to take the worse of the two <laughs> because it's the god being fickle. So I love that idea. I love yeah. that idea. So. so, that's one thing I'm still trying to work my head around is because you know you pick this god, you're going to be his follower, but then whenever you pray to him, they just get mad at you. Well, it depends because okay, I mean, that doesn't happen. <laughs> that never happens. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, roll roll percentile dice, and on a 99, he's not happy with okay. you. <laughs> okay, now here's the deal on that. On a 95, <laughs> this is what Gary did, so this is what I do. On a 95 to 100. Um, he's taking a bath with his harem girls, and and you you interrupt that with a stupid request, and so he's enraged beyond all. He's godlike enraged, and you must die. So that's just the way it works. I died once, um, uh, co contacting Balder, my deity, and uh, he was in the bathtub with the girls, and he wasn't happy with me. So it sort of makes it uh, the Chrometheus path is the right one then about not, not having <laughs> no, a god. It does seem like that, but, you know, you get support from your deity every once in a while. The uh, uh, it was It's interesting that you said that, you know, you, you tried to talk to Balder. I talked to him a little while ago, and he just did <laughs> not want to sit down. So, so are you still chewing, Andrew, or can you give us your... <laughs> um. Well, I think I had a pretty good mix of spell choices um, because we were able to successfully use them for infiltration. Absolutely. Um, I wasn't organized enough to be thinking about the dynamics of where the mapping of the guards and wards spell was plus the waterfall. I didn't quite have that down in my head. And that might be overtired. That might be just not mapping it, which I should have done. I, I think it's great that you knew exactly what it was. That was pretty cool. Um, but I wasn't. I thought, based on Wraith form, that uh, Chrome would have been able to get past it. And so what I should have done is teleported him to the other side of it. And then that would have circumvented the issue. Yeah, but you can't see the other side of it. No, through the waterfall? Yeah. 
Well, but so that's only a 30% risk. It's just 70% chance you'd arrive there. Only a 30% risk with, with Prometheus's life. No, 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 no. He would have been in rate form. So he would have been fine. He would have just had to move up or down. And that's fine. Okay. So I'm, I'm reevaluating which spells. I thought the uh, using Ariel's light bridge was a good way for us to move underneath it. Uh, the light bridge has continued to be a pretty good, useful spell. Cloaking has been a good and useful spell for us. Some of the, some of the design is working. I'd really like to get some of the other submissions approved because I think that will uh, continue to enhance our uh, dungeon crawling. Just what you need is more good spells. Now, speaking of which, can uh, uh, can I start scribing some scrolls? You absolutely can. It takes time, though. Yeah, yeah. So takes... during the week from from the one adventure to the next, you could scribe a couple scrolls. Yeah, I'd like to do that. That's not a problem. But you then... pick them and just do them. Right on. Yep. So, I'm, so, so... I'm just so I have extra command and control. So, so for, ne for next week, uh, are we considering um, going further down the orc path, or uh, and setting the beholder aside for a couple levels, or what? What, what are we? Well, thinking? the next the next week, I think. Is oh, never mind, never mind. Okay, yeah, you're right. Walt right. will be taking us someplace. I'm suspecting different Walt. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to spoil it? Well, maybe a teaser. <sighs> Um, you get a visit from someone that you that has heard of your fame and wants your help. Oh Mine? boy, go on. <laughs> is she, is, is she's she, oh so humble? Yeah, really? Is she very pretty? Do you want me to spoil it? <laughs> I don't want you to spoil it. So that, that um, no good. I was going to say um, your fame has spread and. Um, there is a group of people in a little bit of trouble that, or a lot of trouble, depending on your point of view. Um, but when you meet them, you're going to be like, why? Oh, great. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil anymore because, uh, but I have this. Are they weird? Do they have like two dicks? Uh, <laughs> the chicks? Well, okay. well there, there will be a lady with us on Friday's adventure. <laughs> yeah. First of all, that's not weird. <laughs> this is true. He he did survive the '60s. So. Yes, exactly. So, but but we will have just just keep in mind we will have a, a female veteran with us for that for that endeavor. Who's that? Uh, Francesca uh, Cisco Smalls. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, but she's a she's a former Navy uh, Navy medic, uh, Army, me Army, Army medic. medic. Yeah, so uh, she, she she knows she's what's seen up. Two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is, right? Have you have you you ever do any swamp training? Uh uh. So uh, we had uh, we. <laughs> so our doc our doc comes up, and he's like he's like, hey man, I I need help with one of your troopers. I'm like, what happened? He goes, uh. So we have Beaches. a we have a yep. He's like we have a double dick situation. I said wait wait what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like you're gonna have to help me hold him yeah. so that I don't get punched in the grill. So Ooh. of course we you know we and at the time I was going through college to be a paramedic. So um, you know we we had him drop his drawers and sure enough right on the inside of his leg there's this this nice little leech. Oh, and, nasty. And he's just fuming because he wants it off, but he doesn't want anybody to touch him. But, <laughs> you know, he doesn't. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, Doc, um, 
there's really only one way I can handle this. And he's like, he's like, you do what you got to do, man. But that thing's got to come off because if it's on there for too long, you can get an infection. He goes, and then he's just going to be out. And I was like, yeah. Right. So I said, look, I said, look, dude, here's the way this has got to roll. And he's like, he's like, look, it's got to come off. But I mean, I, he's not going to let me rip it off. And right as he was talking, I put him in a rear naked choke. <laughs> and, and he was out in about two seconds, two th- uh-huh. less than three seconds. Cool. Um, and I said, "Look, you got about fifteen seconds to work your magic," and it was already off. And, <laughs> and he was, I, I, he's like, "So you're gonna cover him up? Or you're gonna leave him just laying out in the sun with his, you know, his flagpole all out like that?" And I was like, "No, let go. his freak flag fly. We, he gave us trouble. Let's go get lunch." <laughs> <laughs> when I go so, to wound care, they tell they tell me all sorts of larva stories. Oh yeah about wounds that are filled with fly larvae. Oh my goodness, it's so gross. <laughs> but, but, but the funny thing is, is that actually uh, maggot, therapy, uh, maggot therapy is actually a thing. It's Absolutely. Not, it, it's, it's one of the best things to actually uh, get rid of uh, dead, dead uh, skin cells. But the but the real one is they sterilize those puppies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, like, they're like incredibly squeaky clean right. as opposed to Flies laying eggs in a wound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. That was just nasty. <laughs> I would say one observation that I had borrowing a little bit from the art of war is that a lot of the time, like like with the Beholder um, and the way that James will run certain monsters, um, we make a move and the monster stands back and is allowed to exploit the thing that we've done wrong so what i what i think we should try to do is do the reverse of that like not doing anything wrong but of course but (laughs) at the same time getting the monster to do something wrong and being in a position to exploit it well that's kind of why we wanted to get him to come out underneath the fungus but we didn't get, get that far yeah, we could have worked that angle harder. The the you know, and everybody was right. We had to get on with the show, and then I think James kind of goaded us to do that because he he didn't want the the beholder to get out of its special area. It was but, not leaving, no matter what. Yeah. Well, no, you can always convince something to leave. Yeah, not a, not a, not if it has its own agenda for defending itself. What, what, well, what if that room suddenly uh, catches in on fire? Yeah, if you, a, if, you, if you convince it that the area that it's not safe in, it will move. There we go. That's what, that's what illusionists are for. Yeah. yeah. So we, we could have hired like a powerful illusionist to come in and, and make the holder believe that it was in danger. But, you know, you don't know that room, so maybe there's a way out of it that you don't know about. Well, if there's a way out of it, then there's a way into it. Yeah. Okay, you know the way in. We know well, a way in. We know a way in. Yeah. You does it have some, You actually know have two ways. Does in. it have good? Does it have good treasure, James, or is it oh all? Oh my! Like, it's it's a beholder. Great. But, it has but, a huge treasure. But but it's all cursed, and if you put it on, you'll turn into a. a okay, gay. I, I'm very sorry, but Gary cursed a lot of things in his dungeon. You guys aren't getting affected by that now. You guys toss those removed curses, and everything's fine. Okay. Well, yeah, but yeah, sure. Okay. So, I guess for my part of the AAR, I do think we got a no little bit. No one asked. <laughs> Stop it, Jr. I'd love to hear what you Ouch. think. I, I'm wounded after I gave Fever such a pretty present. I, I guess yeah. we take it back. Yeah, you go ahead, Jr. Go ahead. 
Well, that's what I got a wizard for. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, I do think we got a little bit bogged down overthinking the uh, the the room. We should have just walked away in the beginning. Oh my goodness! And, and so bogged it. down. So bogged down. You were like kids looking at butterflies in a jar. But uh, and and, it, and our uh, indecisiveness cost us, you know, uh, a valuable and, magic and weapon. It, yeah, excuse me, Jr. But you didn't have to touch that sword to the gem. You just decided to do it. Wordna suggested it. I followed the the wizard. Uh, it's led us uh, to good places. Mostly, you know, it, it happens. If, but, okay, so th there's this wondrous sword that you had that isn't so wondrous anymore. You could have touched a stick to the gem. You could have touched some clothing to the gem. You could have poured water on the gem, but you don't take a gigantically valuable sword and touch it to the gem. Well, live and learn. But, uh, but now <laughs> the sword, and learn. Now uh, the sword you, you, you belongs to Anubis. You don't put swords in, Vorpal, uh, in, in bags of holding either. So yeah. Boy, he's no. learned the hard way about that, hasn't he? <laughs> All I'm saying is, you know, now Anubis has a nice trickster sword yeah. at his temple. Uh, so that would be, I guess, if we could have just not stuck around there as much killing time, we could have probably reacted a little bit better to yeah. the uh, to the beholder. That's why and, the eight uh, people said you guys took too long in those three rooms. And I, I had to figure out a way when we go up against the magic. I've got to figure out a way to be able to get into the fight because I've got the ability to hit them hard, but I'm stuck behind a magic waterfall and I, I couldn't do anything. You could have gone through that waterfall, taken a ton of I damage. I knew you were. I knew you were trying to lead us into a trap, and I was like, "Oh, great! I'm going to go through this thing and turn into bread." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's another dimension. That's a that's a whole different fun adventure for me. For you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll be that'll be either a great big door or three doors, and you you'll speaking, enjoy that. Immensely. Speaking of adventure, can you make water? I know uh, Thor's. Cleric could. Andrew, can you make water? Uh, no, the cleric can. Brown can create water. I cannot. So we could have filled that room with water. Yes. Not that much flooded. water. He can't. He can do like big gallon barrels full of water. Could Could Andrew have dropped the wall on top of the beholder? Uh, yes. There is a way to do that. Yep. Um, there is. There's trajectory issues with it, but it's doable. Yeah, that's right. It's tricky. <laughs> can we? And, can we? Go ahead. Say, can we put the collar that gives us control on the beholder? Well, on one, one of his stocks. It has no neck. So, it has no neck. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to Google some images for a beholder. Encapsulated. <laughs> so the the two spells that could have the most radical effect on a beholder are one putting it on the inside of a major globe of beholderability, uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. and two. Uh, Taking the wall of force in its globe form, like the Habitrail toy, yeah, picturing it like that. He's got he's got his own globe of invulnerability, though. Right, I'm sure he does. That's the problem. Well, but the the reverse version of either prismatic maze or um, uh, or the actual maze spell or fire charm, those three tend to work on creatures that use optics for uh, gaze attacks. Yep, yep, that's true. So. so those are high risk spells because you need to run through the entire round, not getting hit. But if yeah. they work, plus then... it's, this is a beholder. I don't, I don't know why you're bouncing your heads against one of the toughest monsters in the dungeon. Because yeah. he's in our dungeon, <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's easy to access. Uh, he's is easy to access. Yes, we want. So his stuff. yeah, we want to stuff. Speaking of monsters, so we fought Medusa. Would the uh, the the mirror trick that uh, of antiquity have worked on a Gygaxian Medusa? 
uh, yeah, there's a saving throw involved. I mean, it's a pretty good saving throw for the Medusa. But when when that kind of reflection stuff works, Gary always had the Medusa rush you and bite you four or five times with poisonous snakes. So we're better off just hacking your head off. Okay, then we did right. You did right. Um, ultimately, that's why I decided to teleport us without messing around. I just <laughs> gone another round or two. He, he wanted to know how much you guys weigh. That's kind of amusing. So no, we killed the Medusa, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, you did. You could have you could have had that head. You could have done amazing things with that Medusa head. Could we get the beholder with a Medusa head? Well, if he doesn't make a save. Interesting. Now, how what happens the, if you if you how did how did the beholder not look at the Medusa? The, okay, the the Medusa was was ordered to attack you guys, so the beholder just ignored it. But it has eight eyes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it does have a lot of eyes. You're right. And it can say, let's only look at her boobs. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of surprised. You, there, There's a whole big dungeon there to explore with tons of nice treasures, talking weapons and big gems and so remi and remind me a beholder it's the large central eye and it's got stalks that have eyes on top of the stalks right is that yes and each one of the stalks fires a beam and when it takes damage i roll randomly for the stalk <laughs> that gets hit and we see if you do enough damage to destroy the stalk so the question would be um we've got that you know collar of animal control or whatever creature control whatever it is um, it has no neck right. right but what what about the stock if you put it around a stock you know i have a funny feeling that's not going to work but you just should try it <laughs> <laughs> what if what if andrew polymorphed it so that's that is one of the possible plans yeah yeah is it inherently anti-magic and Andrew's pretty positive the first thing that beholder does is toss up the anti-magic sphere right more, more than likely, it's going to try. So we have to counter that anti-magic with nullification stuff. So, so all I have initial offensive things are basically non-damage speaking, unless we take some of the damage spells and can figure out how to uh, do things in a way. So I'm really focused on enhancing the fighter types to protect them from the vision issues. Yeah, ways through. and you got that nice spell. That's good. So, Andrew, if he if the beholder throws a darkness spell at you guys, does your vision allow you to see in the darkness? Uh, the dragons does, but my regular sight, no. Okay. All right. So we know that the dungeon in the well has a bunch of uh, orans and orcs and ogres and all kinds of bad things. Could we lead them into the beholder room and get them taken care of for us? You know, you can make the attempt, but I don't think it's going to work because they're smart enough to know where that beholder is. This is beholder. What if you famous. set your baboon wolf sex army up? <laughs> <laughs> There's only five left. All right. Yeah, there are not, not many what left. If, what? What if you sent your ba baboon wolf sex platoon at the sex squad? Well, there we go. A whole army of baboons. And you know what? They, they go down the stairs, no problem. But the second they smell what's down there, they rush back upstairs. What if, what if he has a lot of sex with them? <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's something you'll have to try. Well, we, 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 and we, we there could... goes our family-friendly rating again. Uh, yeah. But 
Okay. So we got to get some strategizing going. You know, you yeah. guys are getting better and better at tactics. I, I really appreciate that very much. Well, my thank group, you. my group took forever to develop tactics, but, uh, but eventually we did because none of us had military training. We were all high school or college guys. <laughs> so, so the, the beholder power comes from its eyes, correct? So it has to see to hit you. No. No, it's not that it's seeing. It creates magic effects from disintegrate and death spells. Yeah. I mean, so most of its stuff is fifth or sixth circle, incredibly high power. But it also does things like cause critical wounds. So it's yeah, yeah. Ice and pure pain. And, it, and it, you know, it's firing beams. So right. you know, uh, Prometheus is invisible and can't be smelled and can't be heard, but a beam can splash against his chest when the beholder's aiming for somebody else. So what about if we could get magical CS gas? I'm just saying, take out the beholder when he's a little bit distracted. I, I believe that's metagaming, my good friend. Well, no, we, we know. Okay, so we know that this is a beast with eyes. Yes. We know that there are irritant agents in our medieval life, smoke and things like that. Yes, yes, very good, very good. I like where you're going. So what if we just pumped a bunch of smoke down there at it? Yeah, that's an excellent idea. Well, that's the idea behind Cloud Kill. I've I've got a spell variant that can put Cloud Kill in capsules like grenades. So that might be one of. Those. I like grenades. Th thank you very much, Michael. <laughs> thank you very much. Just, just couldn't leave well enough alone, could you? We love. And then and, then and then uh, while while Andrew's doing that. He starts casting mirror image, and letting the thing fire all up, fire up. It, it doesn't have unlimited beams, right? Oh yeah, it has unlimited beams. Oh, okay. <laughs> of course it does. Yeah, it does not run out of juice, but it only can shoot. So the key is going to be for us to target uh, and agree on which eyes that we see being used. We take out first. Now the expense is going to be humongous, so we've got to bring in a large enough. Uh, red shirt squad to take it because it's going to go badly. Yeah, and the oh. red shirts. I mean, the the cavalier can make his guys hold for a little while, but basically they're going to stay one or two turns till they're turned to stone or killed, and then they're going to run for their lives. Well, what if we slaughter a bunch of ore eggs and Walt turns them into zombies? That's a fine idea. I love that idea. And then we and then we throw the smoke bombs in there. And we send those things in there. So, okay, so imagine this then. Imagine, uh, what would that be? That would be a blender. Imagine a blender blade um, um, going really fast and, and hard as they walk into the waterfall. Um, hundreds of blades rip them to shreds. Well, we would have to turn off the waterfall. Yes, you would. And and don't you think maybe there's more waterfalls to come? Oh, dude, no. dude. Do, do each of the stalks have separate hit points than the main yes, body? Yes, they do. Yes. So if I would throw like a blessed, you know, holy oil, you know, uh, at it, it would splash and uh, theoretically hit all of them. Okay, so here's the deal. It's really hard to hit a beholder with a missile weapon because it's moving all the time in the air. So is it, your, your minuses would be quite large. Is it an avian creature? No, no, <laughs> no, it's not. Is it a dragon? No, no, it's not. 
No, they um, qualify as their own genus and their own species. That got rewritten after yep. they got so much juice from Forgotten Realms. And then when they incorporated them in the Spelljammer, they made it. Ed, Ed went nuts on the Beholder in Forgotten Realms. There's mm -hmm. like 15 different types of Beholders right. in Forgotten and Realms. By race it's, and by area. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. And in water deep, there's the the arch beholders like you guys are facing. Right. The, the leader is in water deep. Yeah, he's tough. <laughs> Wait, why did you say we're facing an arch beholder? <laughs> because you're facing a big beholder. Yeah. Well, he better give us some stuff. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's got tons of stuff. You will be amazed at what he has, unless he decides to destroy it before he dies. He might have a ring of genie with a genie in it. You know, Ooh. he doesn't have one of those. Sorry. I wish. But it, it, I mean, Fever says there's another talking weapon in there, but it's horrible and you don't really want it. Which means it's great and we really want it. <laughs> I have a clever way to get one of us in that may totally bypass his senses. So we're going to have to try Yeah, it. sure. Let's let's throw somebody in all by themselves. That's a wonderful idea. How, so how what about... are the odds of getting an astral form of one of our deities to, to fight with us? Zero. Yeah. You're talking about an avatar? Avatars yeah. your fights. Are okay, they immune? And, and, you know, are an, ast are uh, an astral form is a whole different deal. There's right. lots of very nasty things on the astral form. In fact, that little stone box is now surrounded by 10 really nasty things that are tapping on the stone trying to get it open. So I have a way to destroy the beholder. Okay. Awesome. Okay. You ready? MRE. Do it. Okay. Andrew teleports in JR's bag of holding. Uh-huh. And then and then we drop a we drop a weapon. <laughs> you throw a dagger in there? Oh, that's a wonderful idea. I through, love that. We we drop a magic weapon through his scrying ball right into it. Yeah. That that's a wonderful idea. Please do it. There is so there is an equivalent weapon issue like that that we can do with the combination of a bag of holding and a portable hole. Throwing one into the other creates that exact effect. Um, you haven't got any portable holes yet. Those are right. on lower levels. So, so, and it's so here, out of control uh, explosion. So, so here's a separate uh, tact. Uh, is there a way, Andrew, for you to be able to kind of, you know, uh, it's kind of like remote viewing, you know, get get a scan of the room? Yes. See what's what's yeah. where. So and, based on the questions I asked today, I can now, I think, get a pretty accurate look at the room safely. So, so because I, I'm thinking, would it be sensible or possible to just steal a lot of the beholder's crap and never have to actually fight them? Wow, you know, what a great a idea. I support that plan 100%. Oh, God. Dive yeah. right in and get that done. Well, <laughs> through scrying and whatnot. Yeah, of course. Yeah, through through all work that everybody else does, Michael. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> all right, on that. I, I, I like I like the bag of holding. Drop a dagger. In I think it's a wonderful idea. It will definitely kill that beholder dead. <laughs> yeah. Would it really? Would it destroy the whole well though? <laughs> right. it, no, it, it, the explosion isn't that big. But it's it would take out the items of value. We've we've got a couple other things. I well, think. no, it didn't take out fever. It would just kill him. Okay, why didn't it take out fever? 
because fever is awesome. Because fe- <laughs> no, because fever is an artifact. Okay, and there is there is one other. You guys don't know it, but there's a little altar in that room, and if you blow up that altar, you're gonna have somebody very irritated at you all. Yeah. So so people irritated. So how deep into the recreating the the world of Crimson Hawk to make it stand alone have you done? Well, it could stand alone right this second. I mean, I got I got uh, ten levels done, um. So there's a product right there. But I mean, I I try to do I try to do two levels a week because Gary had Gary's got twenty eight levels in the upper dungeon and then ten levels in the lower dungeon. I finally got two of the lower dungeon levels done. Because I'm waiting for you guys to go into the Crimson Hawk castle ruins and go down this way cool winding staircase and see this great big dragon door that you guys have to open uh, because it's very hard to open. That sounds pretty good. All right, I think I'm a pumpkin. Okay, buddy, I understand. You're tired. Well, let's bring this puppy to a close, Walt. All right. Right on. Thanks for coming out, guys. Thanks for coming out, uh, Captain Kilgosha. We got uh, uh, we had uh, Knight of Barsoom uh, always hanging out. Uh, we had uh, let's see, there was a couple That's other fun. guys in there. Yeah. Could could we close with Nicole saying she would like us to win the D and D game? <laughs> oh, you should have told me this a minute ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I got you right here. I got you right here. Okay. So here we go. Uh, here we go. Almost, almost, I'm there. I hope you win your little D&D game, honey. <laughs> oh, that is so wonderful. Tell Nicole I adore her, would you please? And we'll catch you I, next I truly will. And okay. we'll catch everybody next time on Crimson Hawk Legends with uh, legendary game creator. Ah, uh, legendary.